Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pursuit of Relentless podcast. You've got your host here, Elena. And today I have Wendy Nash with me. We are very excited to connect today. Um, She is just a storyteller on her own. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and thank her for coming on the show. Um, Welcome to be here. Thank you so much, Elena. Uh, It's lovely to be here. And I do always really... I think it's really important to appreciate how many people are part of this. So you invited me on here and thank you very much for accepting that invitation because I know you get a lot of uh, requests to be on your show. So I appreciate that you invited me on. I also think I also want to thank our, our listener because without them, you and me, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. And Aside from that, there's all the technical. We talked about the important, how much the technical side of things is part of our process because you're in Canada, I'm in Australia, and without all the people who make the devices, none of this would be possible. Yeah. So, and, and it's also the case that even people... You know, there are podcasts that I don't like, podcasters that I don't like. Uh-huh. But because we're all part of the same podcast world, we are all interconnected uh-huh. because the numbers you get on your downloads, somebody else downloads that one, somebody watches this one, somebody listens to this one, all that contributes to podcasting. Yeah. And it's also about storytelling as you said we humans have been telling stories telling sharing ideas about how to live well what to avoid since the beginning of time Uh and as soon as we moved from singing which is where we started our words we moved into sentences and then we tell stories and we tell stories anyway through song so is storytelling, connections, everything comes together in an amazing way. We, have, we are just at this point in our long lineage of people who've been telling stories and there will be a long lineage of people telling stories in other ways in the future. I love it. So the second thing that I, I like to do is to say that I'm calling from Gubby Gubby country. So this is an Aboriginal, Australian Aboriginal tradition to acknowledge the country you're calling from. I'm not Aboriginal, but it's, it's a marker of respect for the people who've been caring for this country for 55 to 65,000 years. Mm-hmm. They are good storytellers. And I don't know much about Aboriginal societies and cultures, but the little I know is that storytelling is a really important part. Another part is understanding that we are related to every being, everything, whether that's a person, whether that's an animal, another animal, a fish, the sky, the stars, and we have a responsibility to respect and consider everybody in that environment. That's not to idealise life in Aboriginal communities because, yeah, there were clearly problems. But there was a lot of thought about what makes it work well. And humans are not the centre of the planet. 
the planet is the center of the planet and we are just one part of that uh-huh. and and one of the things that ha- aboriginal people are really really do take on board is this important heritage of ancestry so where do we come from who were our parents who were our forebears how far back do we go and it's really interesting in terms of this in entrepreneurs we can think that we are just here and it's just us and we're different to all our generations before but everybody has contributed to this point in time like the technology equipment or storytelling i and just ordered a dna test for myself actually like literally <laughs> okay. last week so it's on yeah. the point i will keep everyone yeah. posted um because yeah, i was we- told by a cousin of mine that i'm actually a creep and i was like oh interesting i didn't know that about myself so i'm excited to explore my heritage and just see what my roots do come back as yeah and w- i think we are so disconnected from our past because everybody's been moving so much we don't know anything further back than anyone further back than our grandparents and maybe we don't even know them right and and some people don't even know their parents so it's a big long thing and and to to look at that and it's not until you know where you have come from that you can really set about saying well this is where i am and and when we've looked at the past we've integrated where we are now that we can go all right together we're going to go and look where do i go to from here mm-hmm. so it was a long roundabout way to say we're not the center of the universe we have a responsibility to everyone everyone is connected to us and so mm-hmm. we have a responsibility and we do need to look into our past to see maybe there's stuff we can leave behind maybe there's stuff we want to have more of and then really think about here we are because we want to go into the future too but you've got to be here in order to go into the future so there we are thank you ah, i love it space, I'm just like, i can listen to you talk all day i'm curious to know when you started as an entrepreneur or if you've always been I, an entrepreneur i haven't always been an entrepreneur no. i i was very much i've never been a corporate a corporate I'm going to get my career going. I didn't do well at school and a lot of options closed down when you don't do well at school. And that was just because I had a very complicated early life. And it was, and, and there aren't so many options when, when doors are closed. And I guess some people do then go into an entrepreneur, but I decided I would go traveling. So I lived all over the place. And I, to me, a job was just bread and butter. I'm not a your work is your passion person. I was raised before that era. And I see it as a means to an end, but I know that for some people it really is their passion. Uh And I think certainly if you are starting your own business, you absolutely need to have that passion. But Uh to expect that staff are going to have that passion, that's a really big mistake because they are just paying their bills. So it's different when you're an employee and when you're an entrepreneur. Uh that is a really big difference and basically like so many people I got to my 50s and I thought what am I going to do I cannot do what I was doing I I I want to I don't know what I want to do and a friend just said well I'm burning out and I need support and help with that 
and he thought he would have three sessions and two years later <laughs> he was still seeing me because he found it so helpful to understand his inner mind, his habits, how he lived, how that impacted him. So mm-hmm. I just started with him and then I said to a couple of other friends, how about I teach you about meditation? And they said, yep, so that would be great. And it's just built. I'd love to say it was a great strategic desire, but I don't. when I start cooking dinner, I don't even know that I'm going to get what I'm going to get to at the end of the meal. So to start off an endeavour like an, a, a, a company or a business or a whatever it is, and expect that you're, you're going to know what the outcome is. That's that's just too huge a responsibility. There are too many mitigating factors to determine that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I had no idea I would be an entrepreneur either. I literally went to follow my passion and became a Red Seal pastry chef. And I was like, I'm going to be the best baker ever. Know what I gained? a lot of weight. It was very challenging to learn about keeping my health in check and being able to take care of my own physical energy in my body. And it was very challenging in the beginning because I didn't have any avenues of escape or um, clarity, right? Like I didn't have that time to sit with myself and just go, what do I need today? (laughs) You know, today I needed a stretch. I did like a 12 hour drive yesterday. So my body is just like angry. And I was like, I just need to go take my dog for a walk and have a good stretch and be out in nature and spend time in the snow and enjoy it because it's like warm out today. It's only minus 12 degrees Celsius, but that's a warm day in Fort McMurray. That's for sure. So I don't know. It was just For me, it was about freedom and just being able to have whatever life that I want to have without anyone sitting there going, you can't go on vacation. You can't, you know, go do that. You're never going to be able to make that much money to buy a $5 million house or whatever it is. Right. And I'm like, Mm. I want to be able to do what I want to do. I want to go see my family when I want to see my family. I want to be able to have that kind of freedom that I can work remotely across the country. Like that is just... Mm. Yeah. Or like now world globally, right? It's crazy. And when you just believe in yourself and you just go, Hey, this is what I'm going to create. It doesn't matter what the picture looks like when you get there. Like you, you don't know how great it's going to be. You just know that you're aiming towards that. Right. Hmm. That's, that's a really lovely way of putting it. I do also want to add that when you have your own business, you also don't get the downtime because no. you're always <laughs> thinking about the business. Yeah. You, when, you, when you go to corporate land or an organisation or a business, whatever it is, then somebody is saying you have to do that and there are that takes the relational part of it is very demanding. That's, I think, the biggest demand in corporate life is uh-huh. the relational component and the lack of relationality and being turned into a resource that is human, you know, a function, a machine, an automaton, Mm -hmm. and that's what's very difficult. But when you're an entrepreneur, it's difficult because if I don't get this happening, it doesn't happen, and then how am I going to pay my bills? Right. So that's me in my own business, and I also have a community advocacy group because I have a whole big thing on active travel and public transport, uh, mass transit to improve the well-being for everybody, not just people who drive. And 
But for high-tech startup founders, it's a whole other level because they are actually having to come up with investors to think about scaling up. There's a huge question about failure. It's a Uh big question because you're dealing with other people's money. And there's a huge gamble. There are a lot of sharks out there, a lot of charlatans. When it comes to money, you there's a charlatan, there will be one, you know. Uh-huh. Keep your wits about you all the time. And that applies also in the spiritual community. People want to have that narcissistic. Some people have that wonderful charisma, but the problem is sometimes that is malign yes. and or it has that edge. So it's not straightforward either Nothing is good or bad. Everything has this good and bad and unknown and confusing element to everything because some things are wonderful. Like here you and I get to meet and we can do that because we've arranged our own schedules. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, it's, it's more of a knife edge because we have to figure out how we're going to make ends meet. Yeah. And that's a different thing. Yeah. That's why I love the financial industry. It pays me very well in order to sit down and literally save people's financial lives. And I'm, I never thought I would like it. I never was like, I want to be a financial advisor. No, I was a pastry chef, you know, (laughs) like, and then I went into industrial sales and I did labor work for a while. And then I went into heavy equipment operating. And then from there, I was like, this is just terrible, right? Like I did not enjoy my career. And at that point it was just, it was me or the job, you know? So I was like, okay, well, I got to figure out what does make me happy and like, what makes me feel good so that I actually want to get up in the morning and feel alive, you know, and excited. And for me, that's, family and nature and walking my dog and staying healthy and doing stuff like this, right. Giving back to my community, teaching people stuff that I've learned today. I did a little card reading with one of my friends. I pulled her a tarot card for her birthday and it was just what she needed. Right. It's, I love that. I love that. You can just be like, okay, this is my life. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's nobody else's. And it sounds like If I've understood correctly, what happened is that you started listening to your own voice Mm -hmm. as opposed to listening to the voice that you should, you thought you should have. Yeah. It was very different for me because, well, not that I'm saying it's different. It's different for everybody. But when you have those moments when you're like, why am I doing this? What, like, what's, what's in it for me? And it's like money. Nah. (laughs) Like, I think when you stop doing things for money, you start making money because you follow what makes you feel right. And when you're feeling at a vibration that is up here, you naturally will attract that kind of stuff. You don't know where or how or what it's going to do for you, but maybe this show makes your business absolutely blow up even more than it already is. You never know. It could be one conversation that leads to another one that leads to another one. And and next time you look at it, you're in 28 countries, you know, it's crazy. I love it. I love that you can just follow what makes you feel right and listen to your heart. Right. And I think like my friend today, it said that she was just out of rhythm. Like you're creating, 
just more chaos for yourself because you're out of rhythm. And I feel that way sometimes. And it's like, you know, anxiety is lifting and you're like, okay, you know, I got to figure this out. And then you do something to, I'm like, what's, what's your reset? What's your, your moment that, you know, you feel good. And what is that for you? For me, it's yoga and meditation and moving my body. And if I'm not doing those things, that negative mindset just comes back and comes back and comes back. And it's really challenging to overcome that if you're not running a system around feeling good and like taking care of yourself. So can I give you something that you can do that's on the, on the go, you can do whenever you start to feel grimy Mm -hmm. and and grotty is, (laughs) is very easy. It's much simpler than that is Think of, as you go through the day, think about all the things, all the times when people do something for you. So I turned up on time. I, I had that. A, Right. Okay. So that one. I have good equipment. It all plugs in. Not all uh, guests have, have plug in everything and good microphones and, and have taken the time to think about their camera, but I've done that. Mm-hmm. So I've, I want you to have a good time. So I make sure that my technical equipment is good. Yeah. So I've, I've, made, I've taken time out of my day, my finances, to make sure that you as a host can have a good experience as being a host. Yeah. That's appreciated um, so much because – I was struggling with that when we first came on and I was like, Oh man, it's way too bright in my office. I got to figure out the lighting and yeah, it's, it's challenging, but having a good microphone is huge, huge. It changes their, the way that people listen. Right. Yeah. But so, and I put forward an idea about, Oh, your, your, your image was a bit grainy. And so then you put on the light Yeah, and that changed. So I, I gave an idea and you accepted it, and that made it feel more comfortable for you. Uh-huh. So I put forward an idea. You were influenced by that idea. You appreciated that feedback, and then you relaxed. Uh-huh. So looking for these very, very small gestures of kindness, well-being. So earlier on today, you said you made your card for your friend. Yeah, you did that for her. So you also, she has a connection with you. She's, she's done things for you. Uh-huh. So even if she's having a bad time, yeah, so it sounds like she was having a bit, she was a bit flat and she reached out to you. She said, I want, I want some good news of some kind. Tell yeah. me something good. I'm having a crap time. Okay, so her gesture to you to reach out and say, I trust you to support me because that, that is really important. And that says, I, I took time out of my day to reach out to you, Elena, uh-huh. because I think that you are a kind person who will be able to support me. Now, your friend is not going to be able to, to not going to reach out to people she feels are perhaps cold-hearted, unavailable, busy, 
So there's something about her gesture to you, which is saying, I care about you, I respect our friendship, and I want to deepen our connection. On her birthday. On her birthday. Okay, right? great. So I did awesome. I didn't I didn't hear the beginning of that thing. It was a birthday card. Right. So she said, I want Elena to be part of my birthday celebrations because I think she's a special person in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying, wow, I'm so special. Yeah, I'm not saying right. any of that. I'm just saying look for acts of kindness and care that others give you all the time that you may be overlooking. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that. And it does make you sit there and just feel really loved and appreciated because you're being a part of that person's journey and they're taking time out of their busy, crazy schedules in order to build that relationship with you. Right. You've got it. So even one time a few years ago, I got out of the train station and there was a woman cleaning the street. She, she had a, you know, one of those brooms and a, a handle and she was just picking up the rubbish. And I just said, thank you very much. I know that you probably think that no one pays any attention, but I notice that you clean the street and it makes it much nicer for me. Thank you very much. And she was so happy to hear that. And that's mm-hmm. not glorifying my thing, but just noticing that somebody cleans up, it's part of their job, but they do it diligently and they do it effectively. Mm-hmm. They are, they're actually thinking, I, I want to do a good job here. Yeah. Can I give an example? Yep. So I just got back from Banff, Alberta. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a business convention down there for the weekend. And on the way back, the sun was shining in my eyes when I was driving. And so my friend Mario... I was carpooling with me and he literally like put his visor down so that I wasn't being blinded by the sun without me asking or anything. It was just like, here you go. I'm going to save your eyeballs today. (laughs) I was like, that's so thoughtful, but you don't think about it until you're like, oh, that was for me. Right. So, and people do these acts all day, every day. It's amazing. When you start to look for it, It's there everywhere, Uh everywhere. So my neighbor, we've got a tree that's on our mutual property and it's a bit of a pest. And I said, oh, look, this tree, it's actually quite a pest. And he cut it down and he's trying to kill it. Not very effective. Like it's a very tenacious tree. It's called privet. And it's a very, very tenacious tree. And he he came yesterday. He's he's having to spend a bit of time away, but he popped in yesterday. And I saw him look at the plant and he went, Ah, that's green shoots coming back on that plant. So he's trying to figure out a way to make that work for both of us. It's mm-hmm. an act of care on his pla- on his part, and he won't yeah. use Roundup. And so that's something we both appreciate about each other. We don't want to use these high toxic chemicals. Would vinegar work? Um, I'm not sure. It's privet. It's pretty tenacious. <laughs> um, that yeah. I guess that desiccates it. But so, yeah, right. So you just put forward an idea. You thought, now, what would work for me? What could I tell my neighbour might work? Ah, could you try vinegar? So there you've entered into my world, come up with a suggestion, and I'll go back to Len and I'll say, I've got some vinegar. Should we try that? Yeah. 
Why not? So, right? right. But can you see how you have come up with an idea? You've thought about my world, an issue that's in my world, come up with a solution mm-hmm. or an idea. And I thought, yeah, maybe I'll try that. And I'll suggest it to Len and I'll give him a bottle of vinegar. So that's a way to those gestures, tiny, 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 they are the sustenance of life. And I think that we don't focus enough on what's coming in, particularly as an entrepreneur. It feels Mm -hmm. like a lot is going out. There's no two ways about it. There's a lot going out. You're doing, you're getting stuff done. But if you miss what is coming in, you're just going to burn out. And you're also kind of rude because, excuse me, you're not paying attention to the gifts that people are giving you. You're rebuffing them all the time. Oh, yeah. I was offered a place to stay the other night and it was with some friends of mine that I haven't seen in a really long time. And I was like, I would love to stay with you because then we were up chatting till midnight and having a good time. Right. It was lovely. Right. And, and they said, Elena, I, why don't you come and stay overnight? Stay late. We'll have a great time. So, and they provided food and snacks and drinks and whatever. So they wanted your comfort Uh in that space. They didn't give you some dusty old cut, you know, bed (laughs) in the corner with a horrible mat or a rough towel or anything. They said, I want Elena to be comfortable and to enjoy this experience. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm so grateful for people. And I think about that in my past, I didn't really have that kind of support in my, my other work. There was a couple people. Well, I did have one girl when I worked at Fastenal who made sure that I had a place to stay when I needed to get out of a bad relationship. And, uh, it's moments like that, that are like big defining moments in a friendship. It's like, I will always, I will always love and appreciate you, you know? And yeah, I try and be that person for people, which is why I run the podcast. Cause I'm like, if I can get someone access to you and you can help them change their life, that's incredible. Mm. I love connecting people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good place. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your brand then. So my, my business name is kindly cut the crap and I went to business advisors when I started off and they said, oh, that's, that's not a good one, change that. And I've got a friend, I used to work at the University of Oxford and I've got a friend there and he said that would not work at Oxford or in England at all. Right. But in Australia, in the US, people love it. And I think probably the English do like it, but they're all a little bit caught behind their own self-censorship. Uh-huh. So... Actually, it, it's a, it, the reason I came up with the, the name is because I am a very direct person. I like to get right down to the, the nub of the matter. I don't, I don't want to have excess in my life. I don't want to mm-hmm. have more than what is essential in my life. So I just cut the crap. And I used to be very brutal. So although as much as I like the phrase cut the crap, I found it too harsh. So Mm -hmm. I put in kindly because a big part of my focus is kindness because unless you receive kindness, you cannot transform your world. It's only in in kindness that things shift. So when you're kind to yourself, that's when things get better. Mm -hmm. If you're giving yourself a hard time, 
you're not doing yourself any favors because you won't transform its care and kindness that is done that is like that and then kindly also means please so please cut the crap be kind get to the point get right down to the number of the matter so that's where i that's why i called the company name kindlycutthecrap.com so that's that but it wasn't not everybody liked it by any stretch business people really disliked it I think that's a good thing though, <laughs> like going against the grain a little bit and just going, Hey, it doesn't matter what you think it's, this is what it means to me. And there's going to be people that resonate with me on this conversation. And that's a big part of establishing your brand and your business, uh, is being able to go, okay, this is, this is it. So for me, pursuit of relentless, right. Pursuit of relentless. It means I know I'm not there yet. I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I know which direction I'm going and I'm going to continue to try to get myself to that place, regardless of if I have missed my reading that day or like ate a cookie, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's just your, well, it does matter. It (laughs) compounds and that's the thing. Read the compound effect by Darren Hardy, very good book. Uh, but when I'm looking at like, for instance, my daily habits, I'm like, okay, when is my time, (laughs) right? When, when do I get my recharge or when is it going to be there for me so that I can go out and help someone else or like have a conversation I wasn't expecting or, you know, try and make someone else's day. It's a different way of living, but I think my mom did a good job at teaching us just to try and stay positive and give back to others. Yeah, but I think what I'm hearing is give back to me. What I'm hearing in what you're saying is it's it's all well and good to do for others and it's all well and good to think positively and, and all the rest. But what I'm really hearing in your conversation today and what you really care about is finding ways to care for yourself, to mm-hmm. be kind to yourself. So those transformations happen to you internally when you are kind to yourself. You're saying, when is my time? How do I allocate that? And and this is where the gold is. It's being kind. It's not being hard. And so as much as we want to rush around being grateful and do and all the rest, it's much, that's too much doing for me. I mean, I do a lot. I mean, I do, do, do as well. So don't get me wrong about that. But really to focus on what is coming in, what's the good coming in, Mm -hmm. I think is a transformative because I used to be a very angry, bitter person. I was somebody when I walked into the office, people went (gasps) and they held their breath because they were like, oh, my God, what is she going to say? What (laughs) angry thing was she going to say? And now that's completely transformed because I've been working on it for 20 years, you know. Yeah, exactly. And and, and so now people are really surprised that I was real an, an angry person before. I find myself quite short to anger, like quick to anger, I should say, uh, yeah. with all the transitions that have happened in my life over the last year. It's been, it's been a learning curve and I'm learning about my hormones and I'm learning about uh, suppl- supplementing vitamins and what to look for in my body and stuff like that. And I've just learned so much about self-care and I'm just obsessed with it right now, honestly, Uh, and just learning what my habits are as well. But 
this weekend at the convention, I, I'm going to go back to something you said a minute ago. Uh, my friend Kurt was speaking on stage. He had a couple minutes of speaking time in front of our 500 person event. It was pretty cool. And uh, he said, if you were basing it on your self-talk, would you be your biggest enemy or your best friend? And I was like, boom, that is such a good question because when you're looking at your self thought, like your thoughts and your, your actions based on your thoughts, are you, would you like talk to yourself the way that you talk to your best friend or what does that look like for you? And I had to observe that for a minute and go, yeah, I do have some pretty negative thoughts still. And that's something that I need to work on. And it's reprogramming your mind to a new version of yourself because you've never been in the position you're in today. You've never been this person. So what you create out of that is what matters. And you can choose to be kind. You can choose to be caring. You can choose to be, you know, whatever you want to be a good leader or a good friend, uh, the best mom, the best person that you can be. Right. And if you just reach out to people and show them that you care, it can add so much value to your life. So I just received uh, some information, you know, one of those uh, emails. I signed up for the um, Clifton's, it's a Gallup Clifton's personality thing. I did it. I was recommended as for, for a reason. So that now they send me these things on leadership. And, and it turns out that a good leader is somebody who looks for the strength in others. Yes. And there is an idea that you don't talk to other people like you would to, you do to yourself. And you've just said to your best friend. But I think often we do give an energy to others that we about the way that we speak to ourselves. And I don't have children, but I look at parents around and the way they speak to their children that is how they speak to themselves. And there's some idea that it's perfectly okay to speak to your partner or your children in a way that is just awful. It's rude and it's mean and it's unkind. And I understand we're all frazzled. So mm -hmm. that's not to deny that people are under-resourced. But I think that when we do speak harshly towards ourselves, we may not think we are conveying that energy, but we are. And I often wonder what happens to people as they age. Uh -huh. So you talked about being, how do we want to be kind going forward? And I worked with this woman and she came downstairs and she slammed the folders on the desk and she said, this was a waste of my time. Now, I had quite a foul temper and I had by that stage worked on a lot of the anger stuff. But I looked at her and I thought, I do not want to be that person. And if I keep being angry, she she was didn't come into the world as angry as she is now. Right. But she sure as hell had perfected the art of angriness by the time she was 65. She was really an unpleasant character and everyone ducked for cover as soon as they saw her coming down because she, she just didn't say anything nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, use it or lose it. Really, who do you want to be? And if you want to try and be, if you want to be somebody who people respect and admire and want to connect with, then you've got to be nice in this moment. There's no other moment. It's not later. It's not like you can blow your stack at somebody and then expect that relationship to get better 
once you're angry, you've kind of crashed that relationship. You've got to hold back. And mm-hmm. sometimes it just means turning around, walking away, saying, I'll catch you later, turn around, walk away, or hanging up the phone. Sorry, disconnected, whatever it is. In that moment, you've just got to not just close your mouth, turn around, walk away, don't go there. And the more often you do that, the more you change your neurons to not instantly go into anger. Yeah, I like that. So in closing today, what would you share with someone who's just starting to be an entrepreneur or someone who's uh, interested in looking at going into doing something for themselves? What would you tell them? What advice did you, would you wish you learned earlier and that kind of thing? So I don't think there's really that many mistakes that you make along the way. I think it's all just, I mean, it's so cheesy to say it's an opportunity to learn, but you're not going to get it right, so don't think you will. And do stuff that's free. There's tons of free resources, so that won't use up your bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, Good don't tip. Always, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> don't always believe that the people who are telling you their, the advice, A, know what they're doing, and B, have your good intentions in mind. Yes. Yeah. So, and some people... Uh, you know, I'm Buddhist and I connected with a Buddhist financial advisor and she said, I'm just being the devil's advocate. She was a completely horrible person. I'm not going to have anything to do with her. No. So I definitely don't go with anybody who says they're the devil's advocate. That's definitely a, a good one to skip. And I think that trust your gut. Oh, there is a saying in Tibetan Buddhism of the two witnesses, trust the principal one. And what that means is people can tell you advice all the time, but only you know really what is the right thing for you. Uh So become good at really understanding your hunch and and connect with a lot of different people. Coffee catch-ups is good. People will tell you, do this, do that, do this, do that. And try it if it doesn't, if it's not expensive. And figure out if it is or if it isn't, but at least it helps you learn the language. It helps you learn your heart. It helps you learn what is important to you. So some people are very financially oriented and you've got to make your millions and maybe that's what you want to do and that's great. Follow those people. If you're a quieter person who just wants to be able to have a nice time, have a good life and still spend time with the kids, not have it too much of a huge demand, that's a separate game. That's not about making your millions and scaling up. Yeah. So become judicious exactly. about noticing what works for you, trusting your gut. Nobody really knows what you want. Only you know that. And mm-hmm. if you don't know what you want, then you really need to start to find ways to listen to yourself better. That's what mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I love that you said that because it's something that really resonates with me. I have so many people in my business that do it part-time and, or they're like, I can do this once a month, you know, or I've got time to plug into training on Saturday at 10. And then maybe it might be a few weeks before I get to the next one. And I don't judge them for that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like having time to my family as well. Or like, Mm -hmm. Hey, this morning, one of the girls was like, are you able to see me later instead of right now? I was like, totally. We can figure that out. Right. It's, 
it's about giving yourself that opportunity to have your neighbor show up for her birthday. Okay. I'm walking in your gate right now. (laughs) You're like, okay, I guess I'm not looking at the 27 text messages I have. Right. It's just being present in the moment and understanding that you're creating this life. And if you want it to be better, do something for yourself, really. So well, just see, see what other people are doing for you. So yeah. that's, I really believe that's our biggest weakness in this society, in the individualist society, is we spend all our time thinking we have to do things for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then we feel depleted and then we have to get me time. But actually other people are doing things for us all the time. We're just not noticing. And that is such a huge, when I got that, I was very bitter and twisted and very, no one does anything for me. And I feel deeply unloved. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm completely wrong about that. And that changed my world and it made me more able to give. Definitely. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, where can people get access to more of your bright energy? Uh, so website is kindlycutthecrap.com. I have a sign-up thing so you can get a PDF of five meditations to do on the go. So that's available. And at some point when my web guy and I have had a conversation about it, he's going to put up, uh, a a table, a a page which says that you can have a meditation tailored to your need on the website. So that is also going to be available. But I haven't quite got around to that yet. So that is coming. That's a good thing to start doing for sure. I had uh, one of the ladies I interviewed do a, she's a hypnotist, and she did me a meditation for uh, fertility. And so it's been just beautiful being able to visualize what it's going to be like. And yeah, it's, it's very powerful to have something tailored to yourself for sure. But yeah, thank you so much for all of your good wisdom today. I really appreciate you. And I know that everyone here did as well. So make sure that you reach out, share the show if you got some value out of it today. And until next time, that is Pursuit of Relentless signing out.